Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Caldwell 11th Ward Podcast. We are here tonight with Kathy Stevens. Kathy, good evening. Good evening to you too. Welcome and thanks for joining me. Uh, we want to get to know a little bit about you. Great. Uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? So I was born in Gooding, Idaho, and I removed nine times in nine years. Uh, I'm from a family of uh, five children, so all of the four girls and a boy. Uh, my mother was uh, from a family of musicians, uh, so we had a lot of music we were exposed to to a lot of music. Her father was a self-taught musician and taught all of his children how to play instruments. And my mother learned ukulele banjo and sung with the band. <laughs> and so we learned every song, even if they were 40s. And what did you play? Songs. I didn't ever play anything because I would, well, I tried piano, oh. but my left hand wouldn't obey too well. <laughs> so I kind of, and I didn't have time to practice longer because I'd gotten into my teens, okay. the busy years before I started. But my, my name is Kathleen, but uh, I've gone by Kathy since I was, my mother nicknamed me Kathy, but my father actually loved the name Kathleen and I didn't find that out until I was quite a bit older. <laughs> and so um, I've gone by Kathy and it's an I-E on the end, not Y. And I tell you that because it's always misspelled. I was born to uh, Orson W. Maurer and Arvilla Olson Maurer. Uh, my father um, was uh, worked for a C.C. Anderson company, and he was kind of a troubleshooter, and that's why we moved so many times. And what was the company? What was what did they do? C.C. is kind of a general store. Hmm. Um, uh, similar, it became the Bond eventually. I mean, the Bon bought them out, Bon Marche. Oh, okay. And um, that's probably an old name, too. So I know the Bon not... Marche. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, he went out to find a job and hunted everywhere because there was no place to get a job. And went. they were unloading in an alleyway, and he was hired on the spot. And he did any job, window dressing, janitor work, whatever, because back, it was the Depression. And they needed to have some money to live on. And so anyway, we had um, we moved the nine times in nine years, we moved around Idaho. It was like Buell and, and uh, Blackfoot, Twin Falls, um, I can't think of, Cascade. Cascade oh, even Cascade place. too. We were in Cascade for probably four and a half years. So the other places, we weren't there very long, but we still moved from one house to another in some of those places. And where did you go to high school? I went to high school in Ogden, Utah. Oh, so you guys eventually made it down to Utah. And yeah, we went down to Utah when I was about nine years old. And we stayed in Utah all the rest of the time. And I went to, um, so my junior high school burned down when I was in the ninth grade. And so they sent us to Ogden High School because we were the city then. And so I went there for that, and then I started my sophomore year in Ogden High, and second quarter, I moved, we moved, and moved into the county. And it was right before their big competition game 
the big brown jug game. And so I was kind of like a traitor for, to both sides because if I talk to this side or if I talk to that side, the others are wondering why I'm talking to the other side. <laughs> so it was kind of an awkward time. So they were competing high schools. And it, yeah, this was competing high schools football. And uh, so it was a little awkward to make that transition, but I did enjoy. Uh, I didn't couldn't, couldn't make all of the of my uh, program the the classes that I had. I couldn't make them all work at the at the Weber High, and so uh, I ended up in the library for a, a time class. And sometimes people would stop by and have a visit. I had a cousin that went there, and she was a year ahead of me, but she really paved the way. And I got, she got me into uh, a cappella choir, and since my family, we had had a family quartet, the girls, we had four girls first, and then my brother, and he liked to sing with us later, but he didn't ever sing with us in front of people, just as a family. And uh, we sung all over the place and did all the quartet contests. And uh, so, um, when I got into high school, I was still interested in doing that. So I got into a cappella choir, and then I had some other options to get into some small musical groups, trio, quartet, whatever. And so that was a fun time for me. When I got to the end of my uh, of my senior year, I was a little shy about asking for a scholarship, and so I missed out. And I had a, I had an a, a average, and so um, I went into instead. There was a, the beauty school in our uh, in Ogden. I was offering a scholarship so I could go without having to pay, and so I went there, and that's what I ended up doing. And so I went as hairstylist and all of the other things that go with that. We also um, I got a chance to actually travel, I didn't do it, but I, I was given the opportunity to travel three states and sell, do demonstrations and sell beauty products by the Zotos company, one of the ones that sold to all of our shops and so on. But my parents were too worried about me traveling alone three states, <laughs> so obviously I didn't go that direction. So I went the other way and I enjoyed it. Um, I did some demo work for like Welcome Wagon and all of those to promote our business okay. and the shop that I worked for. And then I, we, my husband and I decided that, uh, well, I wanted to stay home with our children. Uh, I felt like it was important. Uh, my mother did go to work, but she, she was with us the early years of our lives. So we, Pretty much, well, I, that's not all of the family. My brother, he was not, uh, she wasn't able to stay home while he was young. But grandma took over, so it worked out all right. So what, uh, you went to beauty school, and uh, where did that lead you? Did, did you eventually get married? Then I went on a mission to Scotland. Oh, you served a mission? Wow. I went to North Scotland, a Scottish mission, and I loved it. It was the best decision I ever made. Now, was it a year and a half back then? How long did you a serve? A year and a half, 18 okay. months, yes. And I, I flew over and I came back on the SS America, the ship. And we went to the World's Fair in New York, coming back and went to the 
all of the things at the World's Fair, and they had a pavil the pavilion there, the church pavilion, and it was the first time I had seen the Christus. And uh, when, so that was really a fascinating experience for me. So one time I jumped on uh, the um, train to go to, thinking we were going to a, another place, and it was it was express. I would have ended up clear down the line, and I'd no day for for cell phones or anything. Just and no no money in my pocket. I was with my folks and everything. So I would have been in kind of a jam, but I stuck my arm out just barely in time and the door opened and I was able to jump out. It was quite an adventure. And that was in New York? Mm -hmm. oh and we got gosh. to go to all the big shows and restaurants and stuff like that. It was, we were sponsored by RCA and Channel Master. Um, they were the electron, my father worked for an electronics company uh -huh. by that time. And this was all after your mission? This was after my mission, okay. yeah. They met me in New York. Nice. And then we came back, we bought a car in New York because our car was due to be replaced anyway and it was a lot of miles. Mm. So they didn't think the one we had would hold up anyway. So um, they, they won the trip, so their, their trip was paid. But for me, they had to pay. So I don't know how much that was. Then we went cross country and we ha I had an aunt in Wisconsin, so we stopped there and then stopped at all the church history mm, okay. uh, places across and got home on my brother's birthday where uh, we had a celebration. And uh, then I, I actually met my husband. Uh, he came to, the, to our home to uh, take my sister her boyfriend was a good friend of, of my husband, and she and he was in he was in uh, Fort Ord uh, on training, and Johnny Mathis or somebody was at Lagoon, and she wanted to go so bad, so he asked my husband to take her to Lagoon for that experience. So he came to the door and met me, and then. The rest is history. <laughs> wow. Love at first sight. You don't hear that very often anymore. Well, anyway, we, we dated for probably six or eight months and, and then got married uh, in October of, of 1964. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got home in the spring. And I had actually plans to marry someone else when I got home. <laughs> it was all set up pretty much until I saw what he was he had, well, he was, he was serving a mission somewhere else. And he encouraged me to serve a mission. And so he got home before me. But anyway, when I went in to get my recommend um, for the marriage, my bishop said, who are you marrying? And uh, he, when I told him, it was Richard Stevens, he said, he just did like a whew. Because the other one, he had been watching him, he, was, he worked at the at the campus, uh, the River State. Oh. And he had seen some things from that young man that he was worried about. <laughs> so you dodged a bullet there. <laughs> More so than I ever realized. I guess and so. later in, in my life, later in his life, I just realized just how much hmm. I dodged. Interesting. Anyway, we had um, four children, uh, three girls and a boy. And uh, they all scattered the four winds now, but 
but uh, I wasn't close to any, I mean, I didn't live close to any of them, which is one of the reasons I moved up here. I had gotten an illness and um, nobody was close. And I didn't want them to have to, like Becky had to, she had to come, she came home from work and had to leave immediately to come and, she, and I was in the hospital. And so I didn't want to do that to her ever again. And you were down in Ogden still? Yeah, well no, at that time I was, we had moved to, uh, to Wellsville, oh. so that's in Cache Valley. Okay, got it. And right outside, in fact, it would be on this on the Ogden side of Logan's, the next. Okay, yeah, yeah. Place. Okay. And Wellsville is the first town when you get through when you come in through Sardine Canyon. It's the first town on on the west. Well, it actually goes on both sides of the road, and we live just below the Wellsvilles, the big Wellsville oh. Mountains. And how Beautiful long were you there? Place. Was that where 18 you years. raised your kid, the kids? And no, we had the kids all raised by the time we moved to oh, Wellsville. And okay. in fact, we had one child that was going to live in Preston, which is close. So we wanted to live by one of our, our kids because they were all everywhere. And so one decided they were going to move to uh, Preston. And so we moved up there to be closer to them and in four or five months they moved to Roosevelt because that was his hometown and he got offered a job at the golf course there and he was a golf pro oh, okay. and so <laughs> so much for living next to your kids don't do that ever yeah I think there's been other people on this podcast that said don't follow your kids because they just move so <laughs> that's exactly right and we moved we moved them actually twice we moved them into the old Matthew Cowley house up there in Preston and um, it was, that was really an impressive place to, to visit. Anyway, so um, where we go from there? Well, what did your husband do for a living? My husband was a teacher. He had his master's degree in, uh, he, he taught history, but he had it in, uh, in um, uh, what's the, the word, the word, the word, in media, oh, in no. media and had an opportunity actually to uh, do something special at the University, uh, uh, Utah State University, but didn't feel like he could handle it. He could have, but he didn't have the confidence. But he, he tried after I told him he should have just gone ahead and said yes. So he tried and then it didn't turn out. But, because uh, they'd already asked someone else by then. But anyway, he finished uh, graduated. Yeah, he graduated from teaching. <laughs> he was through with teaching. He wanted to retire early because it was, it got to be a hard time where there was not too much obedience. It was a really, uh, we started going into that era. I think as soon as they changed the dress code, things kind of started going south. And so that's when things got difficult. Uh, in, in teaching. If you had a good, uh, strong principle, then you usually could get through real, real well. But they didn't always have a good, strong principle, and so he didn't love it all the time. But he, he got through it all, and then he died in um, six years ago, in 2017, on Mother's Day, of all days. Mm. And uh, it was just one of those fluky, Things he had a fall, got injured, then he got pneumonia, 
and the, uh, the pneumonia terrible. was sort of taken him. But he, the fall was caused by a seizure, and he had not, he'd only ever had two seizures ever, hmm. and it would have been 11 years wow. since the first one, so we didn't expect. And he was on a medication that seemed like it was taking care of it, so we didn't ever expect it. So that was hard, but if he had lived, he would have had um, continuous seizure. And so it wasn't, it wouldn't have been a, a, a very good thing. It would have been him. a difficult lifestyle. Well, in fact, I think we would have not been able to have him at home or anything. I don't know if we could have even, I could have even taken care of him because he had a mind of his own and he would have done, probably the first thing he would have done, he couldn't eat or drink because the, the fall damaged his, the seizure caused a fall, a serious fall, and it damaged his epilotus. And so then he couldn't, it wouldn't close. Got it. Yeah. So that's how he ended up getting the pneumonia. But he couldn't eat or drink, and he loved to eat and drink. And so it would have been a, a very hard experience to get how, him through. How many years were you married? Pardon me? How many years were you married? We were married 53 years. And then, um, so I didn't, you know, I had a five-bedroom house with uh, a third of an acre, and I've been trying to take care of it because I wanted my kids to come visit. And they would, um, some of them got a chance to come and visit, but it still got to be way more. We had lots of gardens and so on, and it, it got to be way more than what I could do. Mm. And I didn't want to ask all the people in the ward to do everything either. So anyway, that's pretty much that part. I did learn, however, I had, um, I've been blessed with ingenuity. It's been a great blessing to me. My father was a do-it-yourselfer and my husband was a do-it-yourselfer. And I ended up being a helper on a car repair as well as uh, other things. And so, it was an adventure all the time. There was always something different to do. But um, it's been hard since he's, since he's been gone. It's not one of those, I, but I didn't want to, I didn't really even look to get, get remarried or anything uh, because I just didn't want to go that way. But um, my children have been after me to come to be a little closer, but it was hard to know which way to go, you know, because everybody's so far away. All of them were at least four hours away. Mm. And so for anybody to come, it was not a sm uh, just a short trip. But anyway, so that's why I packed up and came up here and, and uh, they got more than they bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's delve back into uh, some history of yours. Uh, okay. What, what uh, what would you say has nurtured your testimony most in your life? Miracles. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us about some of those stories? I have one here that it, it, it's, uh, it happened when I was four years old. And you wouldn't think that I would remember, but it was one of those experiences. We were making the move to Cascade. Uh, we were in uh, Twin Falls. And we're making the move to Cascade, and uh, there was, I was four, my sister three, uh, a baby six months, and then two of, Melon was six and a half. Oh. And so, and then the two parents, and we had the first car, and it had bald tires. 
And we didn't realize when we left that it was going to be, I don't know whether my dad did it. Back in the day, they didn't do all the forecast stuff. You didn't flip on TV or something. I'm sure that radio maybe, they may have known some of it. But I think we got caught in a, a big blizzard. And we're coming over the divide between um, Cascade and Boise. And so, or at least it seems like that's where it was. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but in, anyway, over into Cascade. And um, the rocks all started rolling off the mountain until you have to get out and move the rocks so we could make any progress. Two-lane highway. One side was the Payette River, and it was, and there was no barriers. Mm. No barriers. And the other side was the mountain, and we slid in, I mean, in order to stay away from the edge, we slid into the side and we got stuck. And then nobody would stop to help us because they were afraid they would get stuck. And so they would just keep going and we got into when it was starting to get dark. And we did not have how much gas we did we have left, I don't remember. Or how much uh, my dad didn't, he's always been prepared since or was always prepared after that but he did not have a shovel or anything else that he would, which he carried ever after. We, we never went any place after that that we weren't totally prepared. But we prayed and prayed and he, he wanted to get somebody to help push to get us out of the snowbank and nobody would stop. We, and these little kids out there with their mom trying to push uh, and he wanted her to drive while he pushed and she wouldn't because she was she hadn't driven very much and she was afraid she would go over the other edge and so you know we would have been stuck on the mountain and so there was a truck came around the curve after a long time and stopped and gave us his chains and went on down the mountain mm -hmm. and we heard i don't remember if he told us or if we heard then later there was an avalanche right behind him mm. that would have blocked the road no one else would have come so if he hadn't stopped we would have frozen to death on the mountain because we couldn't get out and there was no way to and we prayed i can't even tell you how much so that was the beginning of my testimony and then i prayed another time that i was still little and i lost my shoes and i only had one pair and i was very worried about those being lost. And so I knelt down and prayed to find my shoes. And into my mind came the picture of where they were. And so I went right over and picked up my shoes. So those two things were miracles to me. And since um, I've thought of how many things, we, uh, when my husband and I, I was supposed to have heart surgery. And when we were going to, we, we decided we'd go to the temple because I was still feeling so upset about it. But we had to drop our truck off at a place to get the radiator fixed. And just before we got, or just about the time we got to that place, his truck slid right in front of a semi, so close. I don't think it was more than a foot away from a semi, right across in front of it, right sideways into the parking lot of the place he was going to get the truck fixed, slid right up to the wall oh about that far from the wall and it stopped and I was behind him and here I am with I had a bunch of blocked arteries and it and they were worried about me having a heart attack 
So if I was going to have one, I would have had it that day for sure. But we went. We were going to the temple because I felt I would. It would help to calm me down. We went to the temple. There were only eight people. So far, it only been eight people there, and that was. I think it was early afternoon, and so maybe even a little later than that. And then I, I just that was what it took, is for us to be in the temple, and then I was. I felt calm enough to go through the surgery, and so that was another miracle that, that we had. Anyway, there's been so many other ones, uh, just things that people showing up uh, that you pray. The one, I'll just tell you the one. Um, so I was, no one had come to clear my driveway and I had to get, I think I had to take the trash out the next, to the street the next day. And I thought I'm gonna have to go out there and run the snowblower. And I, I didn't have to because everybody had been coming and clearing it. And so I couldn't remember exactly how to run the snowblower. And I thought, how do I do it? I'm not sure. And my husband had shown me how to do it, but you know, it's been a while. And so I wasn't positive what to do. So I said a prayer and I went out and I opened the garage and at the very end of my driveway was a car with a man shoveling. And the first thing he said to me is, do you have a snowblower? I invited him to come up. It was somebody, a friend of mine, uh, of ours. And he came up and uh, together we figured out how to get the snowblower started. And then we got that, this, that place. But that was just... It seems like small miracles in your life um, were so significant that they helped you know that God is real and He hears and answers oh, your prayers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I could tell you probably a dozen or so more <laughs> because I just feel like one thing I know is that Heavenly Father takes care of the widows, makes sure the widows are taken care of. And you know how many times you're mentioned in the scriptures about taking care of the widows? And so I found out for myself that that is true. And that is what happens. And the, 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 so many things, so many things when you don't think anybody is even aware of you, uh, it's just one thing after the other. So uh, those are, I, I want to tell everybody, pray for miracles because that's, he, he's waiting. He's just waiting for us to, to ask for the miracles that help us and will solidify our testimonies. And so that would be, if I was going to tell anybody anything, that would be what I would tell them. Pray for miracles because you will find them. You will see them in your life. And some things that you sometimes, because I'll, I'll just go, oh my gosh, that was a miracle. So there'll be another thing and it will be like, we kind of take some things for granted. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't pay enough attention. And sometimes it, oh, yeah, that was another miracle. Well, it's almost like we need to live our lives with that vision of seeing things as a miracle from God rather than just a coincidence. Well, he tells us. He tells us he's a God of miracles. We know he's a God of miracles. And all he's, who needs miracles? Us. That's the only reason we have them, is because it's for us. And so, and we need to have our testimonies solidified so that we are strong enough no matter what happens. And that's how I feel now. I think I'm strong enough that no matter what happens, I can handle it. 
And, and that's a huge thing, because you know it's not going to be easy. And it isn't even now, as far as that goes. But um, easier right now than probably it will be, according to our prophet. <laughs> and the other thing is I am so very, very grateful for a living prophet. That we have somebody right here with us that can instruct and help us to get through it and give us counsel. And everybody doesn't always follow the prophet, but they should. If they do, they will be rewarded with all of the special blessings that come. Well, Kathy, it was great to chat with you tonight and uh, really appreciate you sharing so many experiences. I mean, to remember something from when you were four years old, that is pretty amazing. Well, I thought it was amazing because I, I don't know very many people that can remember anything from when they were four years old. But I think when we have trauma, uh, trauma a traumatic experience, um, that's when why you would remember. Yeah. But also there was a t there was a, my uncle had put it on tape, hmm. but I don't remember fi finding the tape until after uh, I had already remembered. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But the more details maybe. Oh okay. And so and my dad and mom, I think he interviewed my dad and mom about it, hmm. and so that was a, an additional. Uh, so it's a good idea to record them and make sure right. that, yeah. that that you have those down. Well, I appreciate you speaking with us tonight, and uh, hopefully, you know, ward members can listen to this podcast and get to know you a little bit, and uh, um, really appreciate uh, you taking time to do this. Thank you. All right. Thank you. It's been a blessing. Thank you.